Hello and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I'm your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 7:53 through John 8:11. And so, let's get started. This passage is titled The Woman Caught in Adultery. And so verse 53 says, they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. So before we continue with verse four of chapter eight, So it isn't known where they caught this woman, but the Pharisees and scribes were seeking to make Jesus stumble and trap him so they could have a specific reason to arrest him. We have seen them try to do this multiple times, but it's mostly through theological questions about the scriptures and the law. So we actually tend to see this usually in the gospel according to Matthew, and here are just a few examples. And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? That's Matthew 19. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians and said, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then. What do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? That's Matthew 22. And actually, Matthew 22 has a couple, which we're going to keep seeing right now. The same day, the Sadducees came to him who said that there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died having no offspring left his wife to his brother. So two, the second and third down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she be? For they all had her. That's again, Matthew 22. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So that's plenty of them, but there's actually more from where that came from. And their goal was just to be able to point out if Jesus was a false prophet, an imposter. And many times they would even try to go as far as to prove him blasphemous. But their tries always fell short every time because Jesus not only knows the heart of man, but he is God. He knows his own scriptures. And he even said in John 5, 39, which we've seen before, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. And so let's continue with verse four, which says, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. So John MacArthur states in his sermon titled Jesus, the friend of sinners, He said, and they had really developed the ultimate trap this time. They caught a woman in an act of adultery. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually got the man to do it to her just to create the trap because the man doesn't show up. We don't know who he is. He may have been part of the trap, but they ripped this woman out of an adulterous relationship and they shove her in front of Jesus right in the middle of the temple with all the people around him. To do this, 
they most likely followed Deuteronomy 19.15 that says, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrongdoing in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall the charge be established. So though we don't have enough details, there are many ways this could have played out beforehand. It could have been a setup like John MacArthur implied. There could have been rumors that led up to the meeting in which the man and the woman committing adultery were found. Or it could have just been, again, a trap where they all went and witnessed it as three witnesses and they come back and they're like, hey, we all witnessed this. What are you going to do about it? But the details that we do have is that there were many people there because it says, quote, all the people came to him verse 2. And what we do know is that this woman was caught in the act of adultery, which is a sin, and it's very serious. And so verse 5 now says, Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? So let's look at Leviticus 20.10, which says, If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Again, we see that this is abominable to God's eyes. For God made husband and wife for each other, which reflects Christ's faithfulness and his love for the church, as well as the church's faithfulness and submission and love to Christ. And so anyways, something that Pastor John MacArthur mentioned that I actually believe to be incredibly interesting and that I had never thought before was the Pharisees' hypocrisy in acting self-righteously because they thought themselves to be upholding the law, and yet they did not uphold the full law because they only brought the woman, and yet the law clearly states both the adulterer and the adulteress shall be surely put to death. He said they had double standard, you see. They didn't mind abusing the woman. They wouldn't touch a man. So they weren't really self-righteous. They were just trying to trap Jesus. Their self-righteousness fails at how fickle man's heart is. God is consistent, and yet the law requires the death of all who commit adultery and all who sin. And we see Jesus say that here. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He would take that punishment in the place of the woman, of you and me, as if he committed the sins, when he is completely innocent and never knew sin. The wrath and the death of the adulterous, thieves, liars, murderers, blasphemers, cowards, those who deserve it, he would take that because he indeed is a friend of sinners. And I heard this once and I don't know where, but it said that the cross is where mercy and justice meet and embrace. I love that because God indeed is rich in mercy. I mean, in Exodus 34, which I was reading the other day, he says he is merciful, he is gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving the iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and children's and the children's children's to the third and the fourth generation. So Jesus resurrected. Death is put to death. No longer will sin reign for eternity. And all who call upon his name in repentance and faith will be saved, justified, forgiven, reconciled, and adopted by God himself. This is amazing grace. This passage is a picture of God's order, his kindness, his holiness, his justice, and his deep and rich love for sinners where he does not leave them as sinners, but frees and transforms them. Verse six says, 
This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with this woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Women, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.